leave the past in the past. Rose is going to come through and put them things on that girl on Friday the night. AT oh, is the, the underdog. The, the new champ. Yeah. I don't okay. know. But you know how I love you, my Brazilians, man. Give me Oliveira, man. With a second round knockout, give me Justin Gaethje right here. Passing out the medicines. We've been on that rock star regiment, knowing that I'm heaven sent higher than I ever been. I got a problem with. What's going on, guys? This is Holy Blitz Fight Club. These are your hosts for the show. I'm Paul Pickawin. I'm Concha, and I'm joined with. Hey, man, you already know it's your boy Kev. Whoop that truth. Whoop the trick. Whoop the trick. So, boy, you feel me, man? And we out here talking UFC 274. So, I was actually explaining to somebody, right? They was like, you, what is 274 for? And I was like, it's, I'm pretty sure it's to 274th pay-per-view event. And then I was like, there was a UFC one. And then I was trying to explain to them, but she didn't believe me. Like, I'm going to show her this first clip. Paul, what the fuck happened to UFC 1? UFC 1, they had, it was basically different, like, real mixed martial arts. Like, they got one sumo fighter, one kickboxer, one jiu-jitsu fighter, one boxer, and um, I can't remember the other ones. And they were just uh, sumo versus boxing. Uh, and then uh, jiu-jitsu versus kickboxing. And then you fought multiple people in the same day. Three, you may fight three people in the same day. It's like a tournament style. Like you just show up, fight people, and there were, the rules were different. They didn't know what was legal, what wasn't legal. They didn't know there was no judging. It was just whenever someone loses, no time limit. So it, um, it was different times back then. It was wild. As far as that's fucking wild. And like, when did the Gracies get involved? The first one. He invented it. Like, he, he wanted to show the world that jiu-jitsu was better than all the other stuff. So, he they basically were the people who funded it, put up the cash prize, whoever wins, because they knew that their, their son would win. And then they actually let their smaller son, because there's a couple of Gracies, something more more big and buff, but they actually let their smaller one, um, Hori Gracie, um, who was, like, 150 pounds. Uh-huh. And... He won it against 300-pound people. So it showed the world, like, hey, this guy's an average person. And he just beat up 300 musclehead-looking people. That's fucking is And the confidence to do that. Now, fast forward to UFC 274. How the fuck do these motherfuckers do it every fucking time? Like, I keep saying, like, that, that must be the best fight, fight card I'll ever see. Like, I'm lucky. I, I definitely got to see two fight cards. Nope. This is my favorite fight card. This is the nice ice hockey fight card. Like everyone, every time, like I don't even want to go look at the league board. They're just deep in talent, and they're only getting deeper with the more international it gets. Where you're now, you're getting people out of like Kazakhstan, and they're <laughs> and they're just phenomenal talents and stuff like that. Hmm. That shit is fucking insane. I got respect for them boys. Shit, we got um. A real barn burner this weekend at Footprint Center, Phoenix, Arizona. We got some legends. Like, I think um, the best way to explain it, you got Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan just 20, 30 years after their prime. 
in a to open us up in the main card, Donald Cerrone, the cowboy. You remember him uh, with the infamous? He fought Conor McGregor. McGregor won. And versus Joe Lozon, 37 years old. This is their retirement fight. They're both hanging up the gloves, calling it a career. If you don't know Cowboy Cerrone, most post-fight bonuses in UFC history with 18. Tied for the most wins in UFC history with 23. Second most finishes, 16. Third most, um, third most fights with 37. And most knockdowns in UFC history. Yeah, he elite with his hands he's just a little older now so he's not the same on the feet like he once was but he still got it he still got it then he held a championship never held a championship but he was always that fan favorite like um he he would drink beer and eat steak and just like kind of work on his farm and like be a man's man and never cut weight and just kind of would fight anybody anywhere at any time like oh two-day notice i don't care while drinking a beer at the press conference and like and always respectable though never really talked crap so like everyone liked him everyone loved him very respectful guy that's why cowboy i mean it was just a cowboy i respect it i'm, I'm not gonna lie he sounded like my my type of dude but tell me more about this this liaison individual joe, joe lozon third most post-fight bonuses ever with 15 most so bag chasers in the yeah period. some people that put on some wars and shows and most sub of the nights, UFC history with six, they stopped giving out submission of the night uh, bonuses. So that's to show you how he has six, and that goes uh, – he's still fighting today, and that goes way back. They stopped giving them out in, like, 2007. Damn. What happened? Motherfuckers, people stopped subbing. Uh, it didn't look good to uh, Congress and stuff if you're awarding people for going unconscious. So they had to make performances of the night. So, you know, they had to just tweak it. There's little tweaks. Uh, but we're not getting prime cowboy. We're not getting prime rose on. But the MMA community, I think everyone would agree with me. We're not going to be letting anyone talk shit or make fun of these two guys just because this is the retirement fight. And, like, you heard all them bonuses. Like, the amount of wars that these people had let their body go through and just to really let them – meet in the ring because like one fights at 170 the other one fights at 155 so cowboy's cutting down to 155 for his retirement fight so that is something to think about in this fight his last fight ever he's gonna go to 155 normally fights at 170 that's that's the reason why i'm gonna take lows on even though my heart rides with cowboy because of his badass don't care attitude really like will real wild wild west you bring your gun to the fight i'll bring my gun to the fight and we'll see who wins i respect that. i gotta take cowboy because he's cut away for a reason you don't cut weight for fun so like he, he did just the- open his own uh his own team and everything out in his ranch the bmf ranch badass motherfucker ranch yep Nice. Got some UFC talent, young talent on his roster too. So yeah, I'm a fucking I respect you, but you don't cut away for no reason. And every day you come away, you're thinking about I'm doing this so I can fuck him up. And if he's known had a entire career of not cut away, just to cut away for his last fight, he wanted this one to be special. This is a big deal for him. So he's gonna get this last bag, and I think he's gonna get the dub, man. I'm like um cowboy on this one. Actually, I'm I'm gonna ride with you. 
I rode with the Cowboys so many rides in the sunset. I got to ride one last time. Like John Wayne, you feel me? Yeah, we're going to die. We're going to die shooting together. Nice. And then this next fight, I would hope it's another retirement fight, but they haven't came out and said that yet. You have OSP versus Hogan Rua. This is a fight that probably should have happened 15 to 10 years ago. Is this your first time seeing a Haitian UFC fighter, Kev? I want that boy to win, you feel me, kid? I ain't never seen a Haitian fighter before. I was shook when I saw his flag. I was like, there's no way this is Haitian. I seen his last, this last name. I was like, oh, they say on ice. Yeah. Oh. But nah, bro. Make it up. No, I just cool as fuck. I've never seen bro fight before like that. And I'm like, I'm going, I want to go in there surprise. And I want to see if he can get more, a nice dub on those books. But bro, what the fuck did you tell me earlier? The combined age of this fight. No disrespect. But the combined age of this fight, they're 79. Uh-huh. OSP is 39 years of age. Hogan Rua is 40. And this is actually a rematch. Think back, oh. Kev, to 2014. I believe we're sophomores at this time in high school. That's when these two faced off at UFC 56. 56? 56. Uh, I think this is UFC Fight Night 56. This is uh, and where OSP won first round KO within 20-something seconds. Nice. Good shit, man. Rua is one of those... You got to respect Rua, though. He's 40. He's those Brazilian brawlers. Like, remember RDA and oh, stuff like that? But Yeah, but he's just – he's lost that step where he has that burst for maybe a minute and a half, and then he's gassed, and then he's going to get knocked out, and he's, his grappling is not where it was back in the day. Whereas OSP, I don't know if it's the one year being younger – or what, but he looks like he's in better shape. And I expect I'm rocking with the, the Haitian boy OSP today. Like, I think he either gets the knockout or submits him. No way these two are making it to the decision. They're, they're going to be gassed. I feel like ever since that Shamaya fight, I just be like, man, fucking Brazilians, man. Tough ass fucking Brazilians. I feel like, I feel like this is a really Brazilian car and them boys are going to come with the energy. Like we saw the, the um, the London car came with the dudes from London, even though it's not in Brazil. Is it in Brazil? No, they're in Phoenix, Arizona. So, you know, it's not in Brazil. They're going to come with that energy, and hopefully Brazil shows up. But, like, I got my Haitian homeboy, you feel me? We ride it with OSP to the wheels fall off. All right, Cash. So, we agreed so far. Let's see, we still green on to this next fight. Michael Chandler, fifth-ranked lightweight, taking on Tony Ferguson. What do you know about them? What do you know about Tony Ferguson and Michael whoa, Chandler? Whoa, 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 whoa. I watched the countdown. But see, people don't know this, but, like, I only know three fighters in UFC before motherfucking, um, before starting this podcast. I knew. I knew. Nate Diaz. Okay, okay. Conor Okay, okay. And Tony Ferguson. Okay, okay. I've been keeping up with Tony because that there's just one time I happened to watch the Ultimate Fighter and like it was like a it was a um like a marathon so I was watching that shit that day 
and it just happened to be the ultimate fight that Tony Ferguson won. I was like, damn, bro, it's the truth. That's crazy. And like to be fast forward to be able to be talking about him on a podcast is like, oh wow. It's been it's been a long way around. Like it's been a long circle coming. I'm just like, Old okay. Circle. But damn, that's an old ass motherfucker, homie. 38 now, I believe. God damn, kid. You people just really just like to fight till they die, and I respect it. He was, uh, but he was, I'll say, two years removed because he was once on that 13 fight win streak, and then he lost three in a row to Justin Gaethje, who's the main event we'll talk about in a little bit, to Charles Oliveira, who's the title holder, who's fight top around a little bit, and then Delanouche or De, uh, Benil Delanish, or however you say his name, who's another top five fighter. So is it just he's fighting great fighters and he's going to beat, or is it the age? Because he was on the 13, 13 fights is a long win streak in the UFC. Like, oh, I, there's only been, I think, one other fight streak longer than 13. Uh, yeah, especially at that division, because it's kind of stacked. Yeah, they were saying he was going to be the Khabib stopper, and that fight got canceled three times off of freak accidents every time. Uh, but that was supposed that was going to be the soup because of the the number one versus the champion, and they uh, things it never panned out. But with Michael Chandler here, you got the elite wrestler. He was, um, I believe he was D1 at Minnesota or uh, Missouri, one of the two. I think it, it was one of those two. Yeah, I think it was Missouri, but it also could be Minnesota. All-American. But he likes to brawl, too. He he likes to – he does use his wrestling, but he likes to keep it in his back pocket. I like to kind of compare him as like a miniature – Justin Gaethje, and that's why whenever those two fought each other, it was fireworks. So, who, what side are you rocking with here? Are you rocking with your Tony Ferguson, or are you taking the heavy-handed wrestler and Michael Chandler? Well, you know I'm rocking with the wrestler, man. I got to get my dog Michael Chandler, because I feel like Tony Ferguson's fought great great guys, but I feel like so is um, Chandler, his loss to Gaethje and his loss to um, Oliveira, too. Yeah, so, he got knocked out by Oliveira. Yeah, so like, and Gaethje. Yeah, yeah, this chin might not be all the way down. This chin might not. But I'm a rocker, bro. I'm a, I like Tony Ferguson, though, as a person. I think he's a great individual. But motherfucking, in this fight, I like Chandler. I feel like London, I feel like he has a little bit more in his bag to keep that boy at bay. I think um, I'm Thamel Cosign just because Gaethje, I think, broke Tony Ferguson with that fifth round knockout. He put so much so much damage on the Ferguson and that's because Ferguson's a warrior he doesn't quit so uh after that Oliveira and Dale Noose three round fights they fought with him and they had 12 minutes of peace over on top control on him so he hasn't looked the same on the ground and I think Michael Chandler's gonna get those that that decision he's not gonna knock it out Tony Ferguson but he'll get a decision win with his wrestling yeah I like it I respect it I think Brett's a good fighter I think they're both great fighters, but, like, Tony Ferguson, he might be a step behind where he used to be. But, bro, if you go watch the season when it's, there's, like, the clips on um, Ultimate on YouTube, when he won the Ultimate Fighter, that was a good-ass season. Like, Tony great Ferguson. One. Yeah, and he, and he shocked everybody. I think he had to beat somebody that really favored it. And and, he, sorry. Yeah, but that's what um, – yeah, I like Tony Ferguson, but I got to go with Chandler on this one. Yeah, I was just going to say that Tony Ferguson is one of the first fighters I've ever seen that weaponized pace. 
where he'll just keep his cardio so good that like he'll just tire you out in those later rounds. You're in deep waters with Tony and Tony Ferguson's just as good as he was in the first round. I respect it. I love to see it. But Chandler, yeah, give me Chandler by decision. Chandler wins this fight. We got two more fights left, but we have one more fight before we get into the main event. The co-main event, however you want to look at it. We got Rose Namajunas, the strawweight champion of the world versus Carla Exparza, the number two ranked uh, strawweight in the world. Oh, this is a rematch from 2014. Yeah, uh, you know how I like the ultimate fighter. They invented straw weight for that season, and they've got all them women in there. And uh, those and two met. And Rose was looking good. Carla Esparza was actually because uh, they behind the scenes showed that um, they actually had them ranked. They because it was a brand new division, so they had this already a pre ranking of all the fighters, and that's uh, and Carla Esparza was ranked number one straw weight in the world at the time. Um, because she was the Invicta champ in 2014, coming from that um, uh, promotion. And Rose was the fourth. But Rose kind of shocked everyone and went all the way up to the championship to fight Esparza. Esparza won, submitting Rose Namajunas and was the straw, first ever strawweight champion. And Rose says that she quit on that fight. She felt like she really just wasn't, she um, mentally took herself out of the fight. As he came in too hyped and too cocky and too confident. And then she cut her hair. Needed that so humble. Maybe not immediately after that, but when she cut her hair, like that's when you realize, like, dang, she don't give a fuck. She yeah, can't beat your ass. She's here. She just burst a champion when she cut that hair. Nah, for real. Like, once you give up the look, because she was fine. Once you give up the looks, the, the look with the spread of stuff, I think that's crazy. But isn't their camp kind of nice? Oh, they got Kamaru. Who's in their camp? Uzman, I believe, is in the camp. And then Gaethje's in the camp, too, right? I, uh, Maybe, or no, is it Poirier? I'm not too sure. I'm not 100% sure on the camps for them. Nah, because Poirier's in the camp with Masvidal and them boys. Yeah, down in America's top team. Mm-hmm. So, like, and they be, they be taking L's. Because they was upset when they was, um, because their camp was on the other side of, um, Portier versus um blah blah blah. Oh uh Oliver. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, that camp is nice, nasty. Then they didn't Rose Rose went female fighter of the year, Uzman went male fighter year, and that coach went coach of the year. Yeah, um Artie. Yeah, that's some crazy camp out there, and they're all fighting, training with each other, again each other better. And like, oh my. Gosh, it's like how Terrence Crawford and Shakur Stevens, Shakur Stevenson is like their camp is nasty out there. Like they have to have some real competition. I want to see what the youngins is talking about out there too. But like this is what makes this fight so interesting to me because I feel like these are two people with two strong, like two strong stories of coming back and persevering. Because Esperanza was the first one. Now she's coming back to get it back. But like Rose lost the first one, and like she's not giving that shit up for shit right now. She's the best female fighter in the world, she feels like. And hey, if you ask me, I might agree. She, um, it's hard to grade this one because Rose is definitely the better striker. Her head kicks, her leg kicks, her straight shots. Her, she even has, like, heavy-hitting um, hands. Like, she's got Zhang Jali out there. Um, 
So, like, Carla Esparza has some wrestling. She's an elite wrestler. Like, probably the best wrestler in the class. But Rose is that classic BJJ versus wrestling. Because Rose can, can submit you from the back. You don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that matchup. It, it loses every time I hear very slept on because everyone knows Rose for that knockout and all her like her her great striking, but she has three submissions on her six finishes. So half the finishes are from submission. So it does Asparza really want to use her wrestling? Is she able to grind out those three minute control time rounds and like edge out a, a decision win like wrestlers do? Or is Rose Jujutsu going to be good enough? Because I do think Esparza is going to get her to the ground, especially if Rose is winning those exchanges, which I think she will be. And if and I think Ro, the decision the 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 factor is is Rose going to be able to submit her from her back or or sweep her and get on top? And I think she can because she goes for like arm bars, kimuras from the back, from um. Uh, so she does a whole bunch of sweeping motions while she's doing the submissions. And uh, I like Carla Esparza, but Rose is Rose. Like, she's really is. She's only fighting literally the three other best women fighter in that division ever. And she's had to defend her belt multiple times against them over and over and over again. Did she lose it and get it back, or did she keep it since she got it? She got a draw and then beat the, um, uh, Andre and then uh, – Johanna, I can't say her last name. It's like one of those Polish ones. But Johanna, she lost it, rematched it, won it. And then Zhang Jali, I think it was a draw and she beat her. Oh, no, and Andre, the first one, she had to beat the champion and had to rematch the champion and beat her again. Nice. So she's only really, she's beating literally the best of the best. Six fights in a row almost. I like it. I think this might be one of the stuff on Fight of the Nights. Like, this might be a really good candidate for that. Oof. That is a good candidate. Because especially, uh, we'll see. I want to see how Tony Ferguson, my big one's Tony Ferguson. How Tony Ferguson going to look? Are we going to get the, the prime Tony Ferguson that's weaponizing pace? And not not prime. I know he's 38, but just, he's, he's still good Tony Ferguson. Or are we on the or is he on a steep decline and it's not gonna look like a, a good a good fight? Hey, do you see my shirt, man? I wore this for these, man. This is from the AAU National Championships at all 2014, man. That's when these bitches like these girls went down. They put them things out there. And this is what I'm saying to like. And I got this shirt when I was on 106. I weigh probably like 155 now, and it fits me like a glove. So I'm saying, man, leave the past in the past. Rose is going to come through and put them things on that girl and fight it at night. I forgot to say that during the L thing. Oh, no, you good, bro. All right, well, that means well, only one more fight left, and uh, I'm starting to get the call right now. Just about to let him join. Oh, shit. And the special guest has joined us. Marcus is here. What's good with y'all boys, man? You know how to pop out for the main event. What was it, 274? Yeah, UFC 274 we're talking right now. Yes, sir, man. Stop playing, man. You know how to pop out for the... That's Marcus. Yeah, man, I'm tripping. We got Charles Oliveira, champion versus Justin Gaethje at lightweight. He's number one. It's so crazy. I've never seen people tie for number one contender. And Dustin Poirier and Gaethje are both number one ranked in the division. Uh, 
Oliveira, man, he's the sub king. Most subs in UFC history with 15. He's on Damn. like a, yeah, he's on like a 10 fight win streak right now, I believe. Yeah, just, just I just Poirier. seen that today. He's on a winning streak, boys. Just beat sub, just tapped out Dustin Poirier, knocked out Michael Chandler uh, last year as well. And uh, Michael Chandler, we talked about a little bit earlier on the card. But Justin Gaethje, the human highlight reel, one of the best nicknames. Boy, I got hands. Heavy hands. Heavy hand. Boy, I be throwing them hoes. Really? Uh, I, I, I was seeing him punch a little bit. I wasn't a fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I was seeing him punch in the UFC countdown. Oh, yeah, no. I was watching the countdown. The mitts was a little for a yeah. boxing perspective. Oh, like he had a on the mitt. Order, yeah, bro. I wouldn't. I don't. Maybe it's the coach. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't judge that much. I'm yeah, not because he do know, got hands. I was, I was like, I was watching the highlights. I was like, <laughs> but I watched him on the mitts, and I was like, what? That know, man has that. three part of the years. That's not nah, like when you watch him in the ring, bro. Like I thought he was. I don't know if boxing is like his. You He's know, a wrestler. One. He was a. He was an all-American oh, D1 wrestler. Yeah, see, that's crazy if he's a, he came in as a wrestler because dude be boxing. Like, his, I don't know if he's, like, a straight boxer like that, man, but he be throwing, bro. Every fight I've watched him in, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Am I tripping? Because, like, I was watching um, the Adesanya review for this fight, and everybody had stats, right? And I was looking, like, what the fuck did he stand? Every time I looked at the stats, I understood him more and more, like significant strikes, TD, and TDAVG, and TDACC, right? And I was like, what the fuck would that be? Oh, takedown averages and takedown accuracy. He had zero. I didn't know if that was a typo, or is that just something he doesn't do? Does he show straight hands? Gagey, no, he takes down, but he's <laughs> not. So this is the craziest thing about him. He has a wrestling background, was great wrestler. He literally body slammed one guy into oblivion. I can't remember the guy's name, but like dropped him on his head. Knockout. The knockout by a slam. Um, what? Damn, knocked him out. <laughs> yeah. So like that's just let you know how how he- he's so fucking heavy handed, bro. That he just slams people into oblivion. But uh, then, but he he just likes to box for some reason. Like he was the like he likes to just pick you apart, heavy like break you down. And he like almost like uh Canelo, like he lands a whole bunch of body shots and um that set up his hooks. And then once his hooks land to the jaw, you're gone. Like those that that's when you don't want to get hit by. And but he he doesn't go to initiate the wrestling, he has it in the back pocket for whenever someone who's he he's usually beating you up and you have to wrestle him to get out of there. And then once you try to wrestle him, he's the battle wrestler. And now you're in, like, like it's scary because he, oh, he no. leaves it in his back pocket just to beat you with, like, with his fist and then to make you want to wrestle him and then just beat you on the ground. Oh, I, know. I didn't know all that. They, they left that out. But I don't him. know how you don't like him, but three fight of the years, he was only been here for five years. So, like, that man, like, he's not, like, he hasn't, like, that man really just likes to throw him and he – Edson Barbosa, but Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, like he's he's fought Tony a Tony Ferguson. Was that the Tony Ferguson during COVID? I believe so. Yes. And was it with no crowd? Because no think, crowd, uh, and it was four. It was a fourth round knockout by Justin Gaethje or something. I think, Fifth bro, or fourth I, think round. I was watching that one, and that was one of the fights where I was blowed because, like, you could really hear the punches landing, 
And he, that's when I realized dude really was boxing, bro. Because, like, it just – if that's the fight that I'm thinking of, I can't remember. Did, I think he, it might Tony be Ferguson received about five years' worth of pain in one day of fighting against the, that. That's if how that's the fight I'm thinking of, bro, that one was crazy. Because that's when I realized, him. dude – that one, and then obviously the Chandler fight. I was like, bro, dude got hands, bro. That's the Chandler fight. He put them things on. Bro. The Chandler fight was one of the craziest USC fights I've probably seen. Another fight of the year. Both of the ones we just named were fight of the years. Oh, yeah. So those are the ones that I definitely, because I remember the Kobe one. Back to back no right now. And the camera was so up close, and I was like, bro, those are some haymakers they're throwing. And Michael Chandler ain't no hoe. He was only no. 24 He's a non ass motherfucker. Nah, he was hurt. He was hurting Gaethje low key in that fight too. And but, then he rallied but, and dropped him. Yeah, but that shit was just a <laughs> flipped him to oblivion. But nah, that shit crazy. But fifteen subs on the other side. Yeah, man, the champ, champ. Yeah, no. he that boy. I will say, everyone thought Dustin Poirier was gonna dust him. I was like one of the few. I made a good buck because Oliveira was the underdog. I took my bets, took Oliveira, and I was happy he won it. But I do not think he's an unbeatable champion. He is so good on the ground game, and it's apparent. And he even knocked out Michael Chandler. So it's like his hands are there. So he's not just one-dimensional. He's just so elite in one side. You have to bring it up no matter what. He's been dropped, though, too, though. That's what the my I was gonna get to was like Oliveira was beaten by uh not beaten Oliveira had beaten Poirier, Chandler, and Ferguson. Ferguson hasn't won since that fight, and he hasn't looked good since that fight. So it's hard to grade how good was Ferguson really when he beat him. Chandler, he hasn't really beat anybody since coming from Bellator, even though he has faced some dogs and Justin Gaethje and Oliveira and stuff like that. So I understand that. But I, I do respect the Poirier fight. But Poirier rocked him and wobbled him. And if he if if he wobbled him, Justin Gaethje's gonna kill him. Like that that same punch is gonna send the Oliveira out. Here's my thing about that though, right? He got rocked, but he got rocked with a minute left. Like they just couldn't f- finish the trigger and like really put him down. And then that's when he fought back like a champion's supposed to. So like I like it. I like the adversity because, like, I like it tougher. Like, and I'm not gonna hold you. I didn't know Gaethje. Both those fights were fight of the years. I wasn't really. I was really rocking with Gaethje, but like, I'm gonna stick with my with my with my pick. I'm going with Oliveira, man. I want. I think he has something in the chamber. Do they like, see all five rounds, or is it a sub? The TKO. If, I, I think if it goes five rounds, I don't know if um I think Gaethje might be um maybe maybe able to hit a little harder later in the fight. And that's going to be the big difference because he'll have some more precision on him and power. So, like, but if if you can get him, if if Oliveira can catch him slipping and put him in that 16 choke, 16 submission for his career, I like it. I really fucking, I seen this man literally choking a motherfucker that's standing up, just squeezing the life out of this man. And the man He's just shark in the waters once they hit the ground. Fucking monsters. He's a fucking animal. So, like, I like Oliveira, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Gaethje's a fucking dog. He's gonna be a great fight, but I like Oliveira. Hopefully, hopefully, this another fight of the year. I, I could see Oliveira getting a, a little submission. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I could see a submission, but my official pick. Gaethje um, is the, the underdog. 
the new yeah man you know what i'm saying i'm going with gaichi i think i think he's gonna be able to land some big shots and maybe drop them and then just pounce on them but i ain't gonna lie i do fuck with Oliver, man because i because like the way he won the bell and when he was screaming in the ring at the camera and was just hyped up and like you know he puts his uh his his culture on his back, man. So you know, I fuck with dude heavy though, but oh. he's on and he's on the win streak. So like, it's gonna be a tough task. But I am I'm, I'm pulling for Gaethje just because I think he's gonna be able to come in there and fuck his ass up. But hey. it's gonna be a good ass fight, man. I think it's gonna go like deep. But I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know a decision or knockout. I don't know if I could say that. So Charles Oliveira, tail two halves. First half of his career, I think he was ten and six in the UFC. Second yeah, half, ten ass. and zero, ten and zero with a championship belt. So with some guys on there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but with a second round knockout, give me Justin Gaethje right here. Give Ooh, me the heavy handed. I think it goes because I think these guys. I don't think it goes to decision. I think Oliver either subs him because Gaethje's been subbed before. Khabib subbed him, but Khabib yeah, makes everybody look like a little boy on the ground. So it's kind of hard to, to say Oliver is going to do the same. Oliver is more slick with it. He's more technical, whereas Khabib was like, "Come here, I'm gonna put you down and I'm gonna put you in a lock, and there's nothing you can do as I manhandle you." And uh, whereas Oliver has to be more slick with it. Gaethje being the wrestler. I like him to uh to not even the way he fights. He doesn't like going to the ground. So like, I like him to rock him and not engage. He lets him get back up. He tries to throw some punches from the standing guard, and then but he's not gonna overly commit and stuff because that's yeah. he knows Oliver's one thing is gonna be the ground. So like a couple big shots, and I think he might get like a the TKO gets that uh, final knockout by the second round just because he's going to come out loaded, heavy-handed, and just wasting the energy because they're not going to see five rounds. I think they both know it. We're going to see a new champ. I don't know, man. I like Oliveira. I feel like he's a – like you said, he's a – he came in this game as a boy among lions. He's a lion among lions. And I think he wants to prove that, man. He's king of the motherfucking jungle. Oh, yeah. If he beats him, I will – that his his legacy just off his last like four fights being Ferguson like knocking out Ferguson knocking out Michael Chandler subbing Dustin Poirier and then if he subs Justin Gaethje like that's that four fight win streak alone defending the belt and getting the belt it, whew, that's gonna be that goes up against anybody's four fight win streak. That Chandler fight was crazy too. I almost said some stupid shit, but hey, man. Thank you hey. for joining us, Marcus. Yeah, you feel me? Shout out, man. New champ, man. Shout out, Gaethje. I don't Fuck know. But you know how I love you, my Brazilians, man. Give me Oliveira, man. Oliveira, you want, anyone want to put a shot on it? I'll, I'll put, put a shot on it. Fuck yeah, it. put a shot on it. I'll throw my shot on it, too, Kev. So let me have to take two shots. No, nah, this means Marcus takes one and I'll take one if, right. if, if uh, your boy wins. I like it, so be prepared. What what, what, what y'all drinking on? I hope it's something. I hope it's something hard. Y'all drink out something Brazilian or something. It'll be my most sober episode whenever Gagey wins. It's Cinco de Mayo. I expect, I expect some tequila in there. Of course, of course. Uh, 
Anything else y'all want to say before we dip out of this UFC 274? Bro, I was watching the Kanye documentary, bro, and that George Bush don't care about black people. That shit kills me every time. Hey, man, fuck it. Live television, baby. They switched to the next motherfucker. I forgot who it was. He was black, too. He was famous. And it was just like, well, I'm, I'm hot. <laughs> like, I don't know where he I wouldn't know what the fuck to say. Oh, shout out fucking Dave Chappelle's security team. They need to, they need to get signed to the UFC. Oh. Fucked up there. Well, they said they had that boy out there. That boy ended up like this and this. <laughs> I didn't even see the full video, but they said um, Buster Rhymes and Jamie Foxx got the booking for the nigga too. I was like, yeah, that man, fuck security. All I need is Jamie Foxx. Nah, that shit was funny when I seen that shit. If I team find out how Jamie Foxx got hands, that nigga can sing. Act, tell jokes and whoop ass, you know. And he beat Spider Man. Ooh, killed his girl. He did that. He did kill Killed his girl. <laughs> Fuck wrong with him. Yeah, man. Hey, babe, we do it all types of fading out here, man. But this has been a totally good podcast. I'm faded as fuck. If you're not faded, go find a fade, motherfucker, and tell your barber I said, What's the fade? And it's been totally blitz, you bitch. Problem quick, being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not bad.